All right. So we are going to be talking about a an incredible model that, oh man, you know, I can't speak enough of how important and how critical this model is. And it's designed for basically all of us, frankly, all of us. And if we can master this model, it's called the self-coaching model, and it comes from a whole bunch of different people, but I use it in high pressure leadership situations. And a lot of people over the years have, not just me, but have spoken about myself and colleagues, whether it be personal or professional, when we're dealing with these high pressure situations, whether it be hurricanes, Katrina or Rita or Pine Lake tornado or Canada's two largest disasters and hundreds of search and rescue missions, people are always kind of interested and curious with, for instance, my ability to just treat information neutrally and circumstances are just circumstances. And I'm excited to, to share the model that I've used and it really reflects a universal truth. But an example would be just in this story here where, you know, we have Hurricane Katrina and we're, this is uh, just north of Gulfport, uh, Mississippi. And so it was plus 40, between actually 42 to 45 degrees Celsius. And our job, us uh, Canadians, we were attached to a U.S. National Guard unit. And our job was to go into low-income housing, uh, government-sponsored housing, and do an assessment. You know, we, we call them welfare checks and, and reconnaissance. And these individuals literally hadn't had any external help to this point, no external contact or anything like that. So that was our job was to go in there and, and help them out or see what they needed, essentially. So as we're walking to assess different properties, uh, it's myself and another individual uh, from the National Guard, just a, a great big man, frankly. And he's walking behind me and we just get this waft of crap you know smell of of, of shit. and it's like it's like hitting a brick wall frankly i'm like oh man what is that and around that same time the national guard gentleman i was with i was like he, he starts yelling ahead of us and we're, and we're walking up to this swimming pool and there's a bunch of kids around it, and they have a couple of wheelbarrows and white five gallon buckets and uh he's like no 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 don't you can't do that you can't do that like so i look at him I'm like, hey man I'm like what's going on so like, no no that's that's shit. that's shit. i was like what so as we continue walking up i see a lot more clearly what's happening what's going on and what was happening was the fact that keeping in mind that post hurricane you know utilities infrastructure all of those other things are are damaged if not uh totally incapacitated so what was happening here of this property here, I, I don't remember. I think there was probably 130 or so kind of units um, kind of spread out. It's probably more, but that number just comes to head, comes to my, my head. And um, so what was happening there in the absence of running water is the occupants, the residents of the various units were using, they were defecating and peeing into a, into a white bucket and leaving it outside their door. And uh, then these kids, I'm guessing age, you know, young kids, like eight, eight or nine to 13, maybe something like that. They would be going around with the wheelbarrow and they would be um, collecting the buckets and putting the buckets in the wheelbarrows. Then they'd wheel the wheelbarrows down and dump them, dump them into the swimming pool. So pretty interesting situation. And now the key point that I want to come across and, and and people in emergency management and emergency services see this all of the time. And I think that it's a it's an approach that is well served in the corporate environment where 
um, you know, a lot of my facilitation is and, and continues to, to grow is that instead of judging that as good or bad to me, it just was, it was the reality. It was another piece of data that I needed to take in as part of the reconnaissance as part of the, we call it a size up all of those things. So I wasn't emotional about it. Um, was it unfortunately? Absolutely. Was it unpleasant? For sure. But it didn't incapacitate me by any stretch. And we come across this time and time again where just quote unquote bad news shows up and, and we just roll with it. And most of the time I'm able to apply that approach, that kind of indifferent, for lack of a better word, approach to my personal life as well. Now, that's not to say that I'm never impacted or anything like that because the reality is, is for sure on the personal side, if there's a death in the family or, or you know, divorce or you know, problem with my son or you know, whatever that is, I'm not robocop by any stretch of the imagination. But what's important to recognize is that the model I'm about to show you here will absolutely, I don't even know if it's over, it's not overstating, it will actually change your life professionally and, and personally. And I can say that with a lot of confidence because I believe in it, I practice it, and I know millions of other people that have as well. So let's talk about it in a bit more detail. It's the self-coaching model. And the advantage of this model is that it is actually just based on universal truths. It's not based on um, you know, theory or academics or uh, anything like that. It is actually a universal truth. And as we go through the model, you'll, you'll really see what I mean by that. And I first uh, saw the model from an individual podcast that I listened to, Brooke Castillo is her name, and she talks a lot about the self-coaching model. And I came across the model again with one of my mentors, uh, Colin Boyd. And so I started to really deep dive more into this and recognize that it is absolutely foundational. And just like many other people have said, it's a universal truth. And and if you can, again, kind of realize that and and... Uh, as we walk through, it will make a lot of sense for you. So the model starts with circumstances. And we'll get into a bit more detail around what that is. But essentially, circumstances are just that, circumstances. They are neither good nor bad. It's just data. It's just a fact. And so I think what is somebody has said before, I've seen the uh, the saying about uh, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And that is really, really important because when we talk about the circumstances in this, in this case, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about facts. So then we progress down and now you have thoughts associated with those circumstances. And don't worry, we'll get into a bit more detail here. So you have a circumstance and then you have an associated thought or thoughts with it. Those thoughts generate feelings. Okay. So you have a circumstance. So a fact triggers a thought about the circumstance or circumstances. And then from those thoughts are feelings now. And then from our feelings are this emotional side, we take action. So we have actions now associated with the feelings or emotions. And that gives us our result. Okay, so circumstances, thoughts, then feelings, actions, and results. Okay, I, I can't overstate how important this is. And we'll be walking into, as I said, a lot more detail as we go through. So let's kind of deep, deep dive into it a little bit more. And, and this is kind of part two of it, where we get into a little more explanation around it. So 
We have the circumstances. And the circumstances are 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 neutral. That is so important. It just is, right? It is what it is. And one of the things that I've said time and time and time again is navigate from where you are, not from where you wish you were. Because we spend so much time coulda, woulda, shoulda, and 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 suffering frankly, is lies between what we expect or think is right and what is reality, right? It's this right here is the suffering. That's why life sucks sometimes in our interpretation. And that's why we feel so bad and miserable a lot of times because we, we, we grapple with this. Well, it shouldn't be this way. Or I wish that. Well, it is what it is. Navigate from where you are, not from uh, where you wish you were. So circumstances are neutral. That's it. And that is such a foundational element of the model. So we don't attach any meaning to it at all yet. So then we get into the thoughts, which is that next part of the circumstances. So now we have a thought. Typically, it's a single sentence like this happened. Well, that sucks or I hate that or, you know, that's going to be painful, whatever that is. So it's not a long kind of you know, paragraph by any stretch, but you have a circumstance, which is a fact. Then you have some thoughts associated with that, typically a single sentence. And then from the thought becomes a feeling attached to that thought. And so really, really important to see how this is starting to stack up and how they're all interrelated. So then once we have our feelings and then there's an emotion attached to it, we take actions associated with those feelings. So if you're feeling sad, Okay, and we'll talk actually about what words to use even. But if you're feeling sad, you'll cry, you'll mope around, you'll be miserable, whatever that is, right? So the circumstance, there, there's a thought or thoughts around that. There's a feeling or feelings associated with it, like in the emotional side. And then the feelings drive your actions. And then lo and behold, now you have results. And guess what? It all starts on the circumstances and the thought part. See how it just cascades? Now, that's both good and it's bad. So think about it. If your initial thought is bad, and I'll use quotes because, again, we'll, we'll dive into that a bit more, then that will drive your feelings. Your feelings drive your actions, and your results speak for themselves. They're a result of the actions. That's the negative, but we can actually use this, use this power for good, for example. So something I, I, that's really, really important in this model is that if you change the words, you change everything, right? And, and, and it's really, really important because when we say that sucks or that's terrible or that's bad or that hurts or that's painful, that really triggers all of those things. It triggers the, you know, you have that thought and then there's a feeling associated with it. Then there's an action and then there's your, your result. All from that initial thought and attaching negative words to it. Now, I get it. You can turn that around and be positive, but this is very, very powerful in terms of empowering yourself, taking control and self-mastery. And as you know, one of the cornerstones of my transformational leadership method is self-mastery. Because uh, if you can't control what happens on the inside, you can't positively influence or execute anything on the outside. So it all starts with that circumstance and that initial thought. And I can't overstate that. And the words matter. Words really, really do matter because your subconscious isn't interpreting anything. It's a really important point. Your subconscious is just reporting. It's just absorbing. It's getting imprinted, right? It's imprinted. So it doesn't see anything as positive or negative or, or good or bad or anything like that. It just is. It's just the facts. It's black and white. Now, it's the other part of our brain, a couple other parts. There's an emotional part of our brain, which is the limbic system, which attaches meaning and emotions, all of those things. But 
by the time it, when it gets into that subconscious, it just is. It just simply is. So if we can change the words we use, then that's the imprint that goes on to the subconscious. Now, here's one of the important points, and this is a subconscious thing. So the point here is, is bad or negative descriptions, people want to move away from it. And, and because we're, we're wired to avoid pain, right? It, it's, that's just part of our DNA, which kind of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? So if we're attaching negative descriptions to things, like, like bad, painful, stressful, stressful is a big one, um, there's just a natural tendency to avoid it. And if we avoid it, then we're actually losing the opportunity to process that feeling or that emotion. And that's really, really important. So we go from a, a state of reacting to a state of responding, and that's empowering as well. So that's one of the reasons why we want to avoid very sharp sounding negative words, if that makes any sense. So another thing that's really important to think about is, is what we call a confirmation bias. And a bias is this confirmation bias. I'll talk about it in, in a bit more detail, but essentially there's you know 101, they're called cognitive biases, about 101 of them. And they are biases that are part of our subconscious. And they what happens is, is, is there's a processing that happens by the subconscious when it takes in information and it automatically kind of applies these filters or these rules to it. Remember, the subconscious is just black and white. So there's a lot of things that cognitively we don't even recognize happening um, in the subconscious. So an example here would be a confirmation bias. And what this is, and you see it all the time once you know what you're looking for, is you will now see facts, or at least you'll interpret facts, you'll interpret situations, you'll interpret life based on your preconceived ideas and notions around that. So an example would be, let's say that, uh, you know, my buddy Evan, Evan's, you know, he's a good guy. And everyone says he's a good guy, but so he does something. And from the outside, maybe, maybe it's not super, super good and okay? whatever it might be. Well, if I have confirmation bias, I'll actually see the positive in that. Right? I'll be, well, yeah, but you know, he's a good guy. He was kind of forced to do that. I, I totally don't blame him. But if you have a bias against Evan, then whatever he does, it doesn't matter, um, will be confirmed by your own bias. And that's why it's so difficult to argue about somebody with somebody around politics. Not that we're going down that road. But once you kind of have an idea in your mind, just subconsciously, you're looking for things to support it. And so that's good and it's bad because you can actually use that for positive. So in terms of the model, remember that very first thought that you have behind after that circumstance is really, really important because that kind of puts you on the path of path A or path B. Path A is maybe positivity. Path B is negativity. So confirmation bias isn't necessarily even bad. It just is, right? It just is. But if we, if we recognize it, then we can actually use it to our advantage. So when I talk about the language around that thought, right, we're spending quite a bit of time on this thought layer here, and then we'll walk through some examples here in a, in a second, but we call it reframing. And so instead of using words like stressed out, pissed off, angry, uh, hurt, you name it, then we, we, you want to reframe it as an un-something. And there's, there's some reasoning for that, and we'll talk about it. So you are uncomfortable, right? So when we get into now the 
the the feeling part where we've gone from the thought now we're getting into the into the feeling part you're uncomfortable maybe you're you're feel it's it's unpleasant or it's unsettling for example so the difference here is is when you're describing the when you're using words to describe your feelings your emotions think about it if you're stressed out just put that in your mind and we hear that all the time where Okay, I'm really stressed out. What that does is that automatically puts you into a state where the barriers are up, where you kind of now are encapsulated in this feeling of being stressed out. And I see this a ton with students, for example, and I'm not saying it's exclusive to students, but as soon as you say the word stressed out, then you know the 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 horse is has left the corral and it's running, right? All of the the the, the emotions and and everything associated with associated with being stressed out is off now or pissed off, right? Man, I'm really pissed at that. Well then, boom, everything will be viewed through that lens. And remember confirmation bias. If I'm stressed out, then everything's going to be stressing me out, right? So see how it all connects. And so when we talk about feelings, if we use unsomething, it allows us to actually process it way more effectively. And I'm telling you, it's not just semantics. This is neuro-linguistic programming and all sorts of things. So if it's uncomfortable, then you actually have a bit of a detachment around your feeling and your ability to process it, okay? And as we go through a lot more, and we spend a lot more time on this in our transformational leadership program, so I won't get into a ton of detail here, but you want to reframe it and you're just uncomfortable or, man, that's unpleasant or that's unsettling. So if we were to loop that back into the example of um, Hurricane Katrina when I talked about the swimming pool, I could have been stressed out. I could have been pissed off at this situation. I could have been overjoyed, maybe, I don't know. I could have been excited about it, could have been happy about it, whatever that is. But obviously it's not something that I was like super excited to be going into, right? You, you do it, obviously, it's part of your, your, your tasking, but. I found it quite unpleasant, frankly. And then if you're unpleasant, if it's unpleasant, then that just, again, that detaches it and that still empowers you. Even if you use an unsomething word, it's still, you still have the power, you still have the control around that. And that's, uh, that's really what this model is all about. It's about taking control, mastering yourself, self-control, all personal development starting, you know, starts really with your ability to, to be self-aware. So stressed out is not a feeling. I've already alluded to that. Stressed out is not a feeling, ladies and gentlemen. Now, do you have feelings of stress? I suppose you could, right? You could. But even stress, if we were to go back and say, if we are using the word stress or stressed out, is it unpleasant? Yeah, I would use that. Maybe it's uncomfortable. You know what? I'm really uncomfortable with this situation versus stressed out. Or I'm really unsettled about this situation. So see how it's a bit of a softer word, but still important. But again, it's not stress is, is, is such a debilitating word as well. So now let's see how this plays out. We've got a couple of examples or, you know, a couple of different ways to demonstrate this. So, oh yeah, something to, to keep in mind is that further to my confirmation bias discussion, this is what happens, right? So we have a circumstance. This just happens. No big deal, right? It just is. So then you have an associated thought with that. And then the thought drives a feeling. 
and then the feeling drives an action, and then you get a result, right? Makes complete sense. Well, what's interesting about this, and this is now where we talked about this confirmation bias, or now you start to seek evidence. This is the, the crazy thing. Your subconscious actually starts to seek evidence around this. So now if you have that initial thought, and then there's a feeling, and then everything just starts to compound based on the initial thought, which is like crazy, but crazy good if you know how to control that initial thought around the circumstances. So remember that your circumstance is just a fact, right? It's just a fact. I am six feet. Okay. All right. So now we have a thought. So let's use the example of, um, let's use it negatively here. Okay. So I have circumstance was, um, I woke up late, right? Normally I wake up at seven 30 in the morning. Okay. Oh shoot. My alarm didn't go off. Right. Alarm didn't go off. All right. So I have this, this thought, that thought is kind of like, oh shoot, right? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in so much trouble. I'm gonna get in so much trouble, right? Maybe I'm gonna lose my job, right? If this is kind of a chronic thing. All right, so then that's the thought, and now it, there's a feeling associated with that, right? So I woke up late, my alarm didn't go off. I'm in trouble now. Then it's a feeling of stress, right? You're stressed out. But remember the reframing, right? but we're using this as a negative example. So then what is the action that you take? Maybe, maybe you speed into work. Maybe then you end up with a ticket, right? Yes, speeding ticket. Man, it all started, it cost $250, right? $250 Canadian is only about $5 American, so it's probably not that hefty of a thing, but just as an example. Or maybe the result is a few other things where the result could be you know, maybe uh, you're kind of running behind the whole day, right? And then guess what happens? You're running behind the whole day. And now that just now becomes the new circumstance, right? So the interpretation is that you're running behind all day. And then your thought that just you just get in this cycle. And that's why we if we have a have a shitty day to start, how many times do we think to ourselves, of course, this happens, right? I got a flat tire on to, in, going into work and then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse from there. Well, remember confirmation bias says that we are actually subconsciously looking for things that already support our perceived ideas or, or our ideas or, or um, perception of a situation, okay? All right, so now let's, um, let's turn this around now, okay? So you can see that that circumstances, it just is. So let's say now we can actually use it. Okay, so I woke up late. Okay, alarm didn't go off. Ah, man, you know what? It just is what it is, right? That That's kind of a circumstance and it's out of my control at this point. It is what it is. You'll hear me say that like ad nauseum. And that's where, you know, people like search and rescue, for example, like, uh, you know, and, and emergency services. So Chris is watching, uh, Mike Carey's watching. Uh, anybody, you know, Evan on the fire side or ex-military side, it just is, right? Just is. So then there's a feeling. Now, what is the feeling associated with being out of my control? It's actually now not stressed out, pissed off, angry or any of those other things, but maybe, yeah, it could be unpleasant for sure, right? I'm not ignoring the fact that you slept in and, and now you got to go into work, but but essentially what we're saying here is your feeling is is quite a bit lighter. So you're feeling, you're definitely not feeling negative, but what could be a feeling associated with it is what it is? Oh, just for lack of a better word, I'm going to use a feeling of grace, forgiveness. Now, what I mean by that is that you recognize you didn't do it on purpose, right? It just, it, it was a mistake. 
it was a mistake. So your circumstances woke up late, the alarm, which was the same circumstances before, thought is out of my control. It is what it is. The feeling is grace and forgiveness. So what is the action you take? Well, you continue to go into work and, um, you know, you're definitely not stressed out. You're calm, right? So the action is you're interacting with people in a calm fashion, right? So, you, so your action is, is remaining calm. And the result is basically now calmness, no stress, and you'll have a, have a day. You'll have a day. So now, so see, these are, you know, it's a very, very simple example here, right? You woke up late and all those, but suffice to say, it all starts with that circumstance and navigate from where you are, not from where you wish you were. So here we go now. Let's take a look at this and let's turn this thing. Let's turn it around. And this is where the true power of this model comes from, where the circumstance, the thought, the feeling, the action and the result. Well, here's uh, something like super, super, super powerful. And this is where the actual uh, power lies in this model. Let's say that we are going to work from the result first. So from a leadership perspective, let's say the transformational leader that we talk about, your leadership identity. Again, we, we talk a ton about this in our leadership program. Let's say that the result is from a leadership perspective, I want to be respected. So what actions will you take? So we've already decided what result we want. You can use this with weight loss. You can use it for anything. So what is the result we want? What action or actions will you take? And so this is now you're working backwards. So I will, the action and actions will be treat team members with respect. Maybe I'll empower them to make decisions. Maybe I will use what we call the power paradox. So you get actually more power by giving it away. Uh, you will be a good listener, right? So you'll be actively listening. That will be an action. So then what feeling comes from that? Well, then a feeling of control, maybe a feeling of pride because you're, you're now able to, you know, now, now it's, it's not you reacting. It's you're being a lot more proactive, whatever that feeling is, or you're just, you know, you're feeling good, feeling good. Awesome. Now the thought is, so let's say then that I am a respected leader. So the thought is, hey, I'm an, a respected leader, for example, or it could be, hey, I really like my job or whatever that is. These are just examples. And then the circumstance would be, could be anything now. So let's say that um, you have a team member is late once, for example, right? But see now how the result, if you work backwards from that, that drives everything else. And so even a circumstance of a team member, team member being late once, well, everything that you do, every interaction you have will be under the lens of somebody that uh, is, a, is a respected leader, for example. So another example, you know, could be weight loss. Like I said, you want to be, you know, 180 pounds. Well, the actions you have to take is you need to work out three times a week or whatever. And then the feeling is feeling of uh, energy, ener energetic, positivity. Then your thoughts are, hey, you know what? I am in shape. And then no matter what the circumstance is, it doesn't matter because you're working backwards. So I can't state enough how important that this model is. And, and as I keep talking about, to me, leadership really starts with self, right? Your ability to, to control your own emotions, self-regulate, uh, be self-aware, you name it, the, the whole self piece. And when I look at my own leadership journey, it always started with me, me. Whether it be I'm walking over the crest of a hill and I see you know, a tornado that's just ripped through a trailer park in, in the middle of my province. 
um, it all starts with me. And then from there, once we, we master that, then we can start to really positively influence the, the other folks. So we're going to be deep diving a lot more into this, but suffice to say, this is really, really important, but really a good place to start is just start working on the circumstance is what it is. It just is, right? And so navigate from where you are, not from where you wish you were. And then that first thought that you have, make darn sure that it's it's not a negative one, right? If, if at all possible. And, and if it does turn out to be unpleasant, like a word like unpleasant, that's okay. But maybe you start with just the reframe. That's uncom uh, I'm uncomfortable or that's unsettling or whatever that is, the unsomething words. And then from there, remember, then you get into the feeling because that thoughts drive feelings, then there's an action and then there's a result. So start with that circumstance, start with that initial thought maybe, and just be a lot more aware of that first step and see how it really cascades um, through the rest of your day, the rest of that whole thought pattern. Um, and, and once you see that, you're going to see that a lot of times our default setting is to be negative and to be pissy, to be angry and to be stressed out, but reframe it and that will change everything about you. And if you get in the habit of doing that, then that's where your life, that's where your professional life, your personal life will grow exponentially in, in terms of um, you know, positivity and, and positive results. So start there. Just It's a circumstance and just start getting more aware of that initial thought that you have. That's the first step in all of this is, is the recognition of it. And then, you know, there are lots of strategies that we get into in our in our leadership program. But suffice to say, I think it's really, really powerful that if you just get to the self-awareness stage and you'll really see that, oh man, I've been doing it wrong for a long time, but that's okay. That's okay because we do have time um, through effort and, and deliberate practice to, to change our default settings. So super, super exciting. All right, well, I have... Um, we will wrap it up for now. 